You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. What do you do when life doesn't go according to plan? That moment you lose a job, or a loved one, or even a piece of yourself. I'm Brooke Shields, and this is Now What? A podcast about pivotal moments as told by people who lived them. Each week I sit down with a guest to talk about the times they were knocked off course and what they did to move forward. Some stories are funny. Others are gut-wrenching. But all are unapologetically human and remind us that every success and every setback is accompanied by a choice. And that choice answers one question. Now what? You were appointed, I'm going to say if I get it right, Dame Commander of the British Empire. Correct. And that was in, it was in 2019. Did, yeah. Was there a ceremony? Did the oh kids my. all come and... Good. The ceremony is unbelievable. It was very exciting. It was no, they they actually only allow you to take three people. So I took Lee, Carly, and my stepson Jason. And then I felt really bad because I've got two older sisters who I'm really close to, and I I, I was talking to the one of the organisers a bit beforehand and she said how many have you got and I said two and she said oh I think we can swing it so, <laughs> oh. so I took my two elder sisters and my eldest sister she cried through the whole thing for about three hours <laughs> oh. we, they did it at Buckingham Palace and I was I, I got mine from the then Prince Charles who of course is now our king yes and he oh. was really sweet because I was really nervous and he just said to me it's about time you got this. <laughs> oh, wow. So We're sweet. all very happy for you. My guest today is Dame Leslie Lawson, or Twiggy, as she's been known for nearly six decades. Twiggy is an award-winning actress, a singer, a model, and in many ways, the face of an entire generation. She became a global sensation at age 16 when her picture was discovered by a journalist at a London hair salon. Twiggy would go on to have a very prolific career as a model and muse, 
regularly gracing the pages of Vogue before pivoting to the stage and screen. Today, she's an author, a podcast host, a doting mom and grandma, and a wife to her wonderful husband, Lee. I met them both 30 years ago, and I'm so grateful that our bond has stood the test of time. So without further ado, here is one of my closest and coolest friends, Dame Twiggy. First of all, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you. God, I was trying to think. It's 30 years ago we did that <laughs> movie together called The Diamond Trap. Unbelievable. I was a villain and you were a copper. I was a police. <laughs> but don't you remember we got so hysterical with laughter? Because you, I mean, you're how tall are you? You're I was, I think I was six feet then. I've lost yeah. a lot of height, but oh, okay. Yeah, well, was, you I'm five foot six and a half, and you're sitting <laughs> and we had a scene, if you remember, where I was meant to arrest you in the in an elevator. <laughs> and we had we got such giggles because you said to me, I could knock you over in a second. <laughs> and pick you up with one arm. <laughs> like oh, you're not gonna be able to subdue me this big oh, glunking. Well, you're not big, just tall and much stronger than me. It was so, but we did, we did have, and, and it was lovely because that program, you know, led us to become friends, which I will be forever grateful. It was lovely. Oh, I'm so happy. I remember being really just excited, but nervous, and also just really wanting to, you know, you to know how much I respected you. Oh, and that's so sweet. When I look at your career and I look at mine, I do see some similar things, especially as it concerns like coming of age in the spotlight around the same time. I mean, you became famous around what, 16? Yeah. And how old were you? You were younger, weren't you? Well, I, you know, I was 11 because I did when I did Pretty Baby, that really kind of just catapulted me into some. Well, I know kind of it did. Were you eleven in that? I was eleven in that movie. Oh yeah. my goodness! I I I thought you were like thirteen or fourteen. You were eleven. You were a baby. Uh, I was a baby. I mean, I was young, sixteen, but that's young. But you had a life sort of prior. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what I mean? I did. Do you remember? I did. Was it a big shift? Well, when it first, ha- you know, you've got to remember up until that moment that it happened, and it literally did. I didn't plan to do it. I didn't, it wasn't a planned thing. It wasn't, um, I was a school girl and I actually loved school. I was one of those people who loved school. Uh-huh. I went to a grammar school, but I also loved clothes. I'd, I always made my own clothes. Oh. And in that period, which was the early 60s, I was what was called a mod and I was only allowed to go out in the evening on a Saturday night, there was a local dance hall where the mods went and my mum and dad would let me go as long as I was home by 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, often I would make the, the clothes because I'd learned to sew from my mum and my sisters. And and I was so I was very into fashion. I loved clothes, like most teenagers. Mm-hmm. And I was always playing around with makeup, but I could only wear makeup on that Saturday. And did you feel like cool when you were the mod girl? Was there like oh, a little yeah. pack of you? And- yeah. It was a group of us girls. Like mini dresses. It, it wasn't minis then. This was even pre-minis. Yeah. The pre-white boots, pre. Yeah. It, this is a, this is like 62, 63. So that was about to happen. I mean, my first so-called mini dress, when I look at pictures, and I was probably about 14, went to a friend's wedding and actually it was only two inches above my knee. So it wasn't that mini, 
But within like two years, I was wearing hardly more than a big belt, really. They were so short. <laughs> oh, God. But so wait, take us back a little bit. So you go, that was then Aaron, then you you had long hair and you go into a salon. I'll try and make it short. A friend of a friend, she had a friend who worked on a woman's magazine and she said, you know, you've got a really interesting look because I'd always, at the weekend, I'd put my eyelashes on and paint my eyes, which mm-hmm. I got off of a rag doll. I had a rag doll in my bedroom and I used to copy that. And um, she introduced me to this editress of a woman's magazine. And she sent, she said, your hair's terrible because I used to dye it myself and it was like an orangey color. It was awful. <laughs> and um, she said, you got to, we got to do something with your hair and we'll have some test shots done of you. And so she sent me to a very posh hairdressing salon called the House of Leonard. And I actually went there to have my hair styled. And the owner, Leonard, saw me and came over and said, will you let me cut your hair? And oh. it was weird because I didn't want my hair cut. Oh my <laughs> I, you God. Know, I was a teenage girl. I loved my long hair. But I was too frightened to say no because he was, you know, I was in this posh salon and that was the kind of look that, you know, took off. But they sent me the following week to have a photograph taken purely for for Leonard to hang in his salon to show his new haircut. So I went to this gorgeous photographer called Barry Latigan and he, he was in a beautiful studio and he sat me in front of the camera and he was really sweet and he took what has now become a very famous photo of just me looking, you know, in a fair hour sweater, looking into camera. Mm-hmm. And then a very famous fashion journalist saw the picture. She was a client and um, said, I love the haircut. Who's the girl? And Leonard said, well, she, she's a schoolgirl and her nickname's Twiggy. And she said, I want to meet her. And I met her. She interviewed me. And a week later in a big daily newspaper, was Twiggy the face of 66. And that's such a weird thing. I know. What happened at school? Did it change your relationships with your friends? Yeah, it did because people were ringing the newspaper to book me because I didn't have an agent or anything. I was a schoolgirl. So it all happened so, so unbelievably fast. Was it in line with anything you'd ever thought you would be doing? No. You know, I was, it's so funny when I look at our, home scrapbook the old pictures are mainly my sisters who went to tap class and went to mm-hmm. brownies and girl guides but none of me because I wouldn't go I just wanted to be at home with my mum I was really shy I hated doing anything without her so the fact that what happened to me happened to me is was very very peculiar <laughs> Were you scared? I mean, was anybody with you when you're flying yeah, to Paris? Yeah, I mean, and- part of part of the deal, because, you know, I was 16, which I was a very, very young, unsophisticated 16, because I meet 16-year-olds now and they seem very grown up. So I had, I had um, a manager and my dad said, if I'm going to let you leave school and go to these places with photographers and things, He's got to go with you and be there all the time. And was he your boyfriend? He, Yeah, he became my boyfriend, yeah. And he was 10 years older than me. Oh, God. It was a bit scandalous, I suppose. But, but, but in a way, you know, when all the stuff started coming out over the last couple of decades of what has gone on for some, well, lots of poor actresses and models and how they were treated, 
uh, that I, that didn't happen to me because I I had I had this guy always standing at the back of the studio and he was quite a big guy, you know, muscular and and so I never got hit on. And when when you look at that relationship, you say it became it became your boyfriend. What do you think about that relationship now? Well, it's so long ago, and and I mm-hmm. ended it in the end because I grew out of it very quickly. But what was complicated was that he was managing me. So it it was very complicated, but, you know, we sorted it out. And then I went on to meet my first husband, Carly's dad. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Now, social class is a huge part of British society. Oh, yeah. Your family and you were very much working class. Working very much so, yeah. But at the same time, you become sort of this face for a nation and in many ways an entire era. Well, the per- the person the person who really cemented that for me was Diana Vreeland. Who she, yeah. was, she, for people who don't know, she was the editress of American Vogue. And I always say that Diana Vreeland turned me global because I was very famous in England, but the rest of the world probably hadn't heard of me unless they got British papers. But why do you think that is? I mean, you had such a huge impact. Well, she brought me to New York when she read all the stuff going on in, in England. Within nine months, I was in New York. And because of me going in a few years after the Beatles, I was like part of that British invasion. (laughs) I was turned into a celebrity. But what happened in New York, which we didn't count on, when I arrived at the airport, you know, there was a press conference and there were 
crowds mm. of people with banners saying "Welcome Twiggy." It was like because I came, I came in after the Beatles, right. so it was it was very peculiar, a bit scary. And I can remember going for a walk one day, and we had to escape into a shop because people were coming up and saying, "Could they touch me?" And and girls started like getting bits of paper out and screaming, oh and, and that was scary. It was weird. Because you didn't spend that many years modeling, did you? you I modeled really... for four years, from 1966 to 1969-70. But in the interim, I met this amazing man called Ken Russell, you know, the film director. Oh. And he cast me in my first film, The Boyfriend. And once we started filming and it was a musical and I got to sing and dance and it was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is what I want to do. So I made the decision at the grand old age of 20 that I would follow that route rather than the modeling route. Because in those days, there was a bit of a downer. You know, models were pretty and thick and stupid, which is an absolute rubbish. But that's what the kind of feeling was. And I thought if I'm going to be taken seriously as a performer, I've probably got to not model. Well, also, you're so recognizable and so on the, for, you know, on everybody's brain. Um, and at a time of such high fashion, did you, did they dress you? Did you pack your own clothes and dress yourself for these shows? And Well, I didn't, I never did catwalk, actually. That was one thing I didn't do. Yeah, I never did either. I did, I did, um, you know, the top fashion magazines. So as you know, they send the clothes over. You model what is sent for you to wear. But was it the same way with you when it was in? Because they never used to give us anything. Like no. the stuff I, usually had huge holes in it so that people wouldn't steal it or somehow. It, <laughs> and um, But we never, you know, we never given anything. I know, because people always say, oh, you must have got such amazing clothes. But usually they were samples anyway, so they're not going to give you the samples. Right. I mean, I only fit into samples for a little while. Um, one of the reasons why I never did runway, but um, I was never really small enough to fit into the samples, except for when I was much, much younger. Well, I was the op I was the opposite. A lot of the samples didn't fit me because I was so tiny. I was, you know, only five foot six and tiny. And was there pressure? You talk about it a lot. I mean, you, you've you talk about sort of the idea of of the physical and and the industry's expectation of the female body and you were the absolute center of what it meant i got blamed for anorexia and i used to go on tv and and explain that i understood because i was very skinny but that I ate like a horse. I didn't put myself up there to say, this is what you've got to look like. Listen, I was as shocked as and probably more than anyone, you know, what happened to me happened because, you know, I didn't, I, I thought I was a, well, I was a funny little thing really. I had very skinny legs, not what you'd call a figure as one journalist said. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, I love how those are the things that stick out to us. <laughs> You know, I know. <laughs> but but it's just but a lot of people I think do assume that and I think we have seen it a lot. You know, I hear those horror stories of of models who eat cotton balls to fill their stomach oh, up. I've heard all these and you know, you look at the samples now in the in the shows and they're not getting better. I mean, no, I, know I know that there's talk I mean, they say it's body I inclusivity know. and that there's healthier bodies and like but the clothes are not reflecting it. And when you, the times that I've seen shows, it's amazing how thin. I know. And it's worrying, actually. Are. 
And I always did come out and say, look, you know, I, I am very thin, but I'm very young. I do eat. I eat very healthily. I eat most things. And, you know, everyone is not born to be a certain shape, you know. I mean, it's not healthy to be obesely overweight, but right. I don't think everyone should be skinny. I really don't. A body type, though, it really should not be a trend. You know, I think. Absolutely not. And that haul, that pressure was put on you, you know, that that was the ideal that you had to be that way. And I think what helped me actually, because I think the fact that I only modeled for those four years, it, it didn't become the be all and end all of life. Do you know what I mean? Because right. I met Ken Russell and he gave me the gift of casting me in this wonderful film that he made. Did he ever tell you what he saw? Like, did he ever say to you, this is why I want you to do this? You've never done it before, but this is what I, I want for you. I mean, his his faith in me was extraordinary because I didn't have I didn't have an equity card, which in England, I don't know about in America, you couldn't do a film unless you had an equity card. And he picketed equity to get me a card because it was Whoa. ridiculous. They wouldn't give me a card because I was a model. And he got me one in the end. So, I mean, he really did have faith. And then the studios, as you can imagine, I think it was MGM, they didn't want me in the lead, which, again, I, you know, they said she's a model. But luckily at that point, Ken Russell was the most famous British film director. You know, he'd done Women in Love and The Devils. I mean, he was he was huge. He was a megastar in that world. And he was like the Steven Spielberg of England then. Absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> and so he he just, God bless him, said, well, if I don't have her, I won't make it. So you get on this set and it's a revelation to you. Oh, unbelievable. Scary. I was really, you can imagine how scared I was. Because, you know, I was, it was all, I, I knew a few actors I'd met, but I, to walk on and knowing they were all professional actors and, you know, but they were all at bar one, everyone in that, on that film were wonderful to me. And Christopher Gable, who was my leading man and Tommy Tune, that's where I met Tommy. Yeah. I got him cast in that actually. You know, it's interesting because I never felt that I, I was in the pocket of what I was supposed to do until I discovered comedy and musical theater. Oh, okay. When did you feel like your career aligned with your actual passions? Oh, gosh. Well, that's funny enough. I was so nervous about doing my one and only. But like you, it was like, again, it was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I don't really remember opening night because I was so scared. <laughs> <laughs> but we we got through it. I remember Tommy had hurt his back, so he couldn't kick his leg as high as he wanted to. And I had, I had, I had, I'd got a sore throat because, you know, when you put a show on, you're so tired by the time you open. But anyway, we opened and they loved us, thank God. And My One and Only was a musical that you did on Broadway as yeah, well as in the West End. exactly. It is yeah. amazing. And you and Tommy Toon oh, so were sublime. Sweet. I grew to absolutely love and adore it. It was, it was and I'll always thank Tommy for giving me that chance because it was a world that I never thought I'd enter, that I could do. And I did grow to really love and adore it. We did it for 18 months. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. 
When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Okay, I want to switch over to talk about your first husband, Michael, Carly's dad. How old was she when he passed away? She was coming up to her fifth birthday. It was horrendous. But that whole period was very difficult. I mean, he was an amazing man, a very talented man, but he did have an alcohol problem and it Sadly, while I was doing the show on Broadway, it kind of got worse, I think, because I was so busy doing that. And eventually he did have a a massive heart attack and and he didn't make it. While you were away? Well, I was doing doing the show. Uh, So, but we were separated at that time because it had become so difficult with his problem. And bless his heart, he had gone to, he'd stopped drinking for about nine months, I think, and gone to AA and things. So he was trying, but I think the damage was, well, we know the damage was done. But the, the my heart really went out to Carly because, you know, I, I'd i kind of made the decision not to, well, I couldn't be with him. I couldn't do the show, deal with the, the other problem. It, it, it had kind of broken, if you know what I mean. How do you keep his memory positively alive for her? How do you? Well, we talk about him all the time. and. Um, and, you know, and she knows the problem he had. And, well, it's nobody's fault when the, the alcoholism takes over, no. I suppose. But he gave up a lot for that, you know, the bottle, if you know what I mean, yeah. which is what happens with people who have a drink problem, I think. Yeah. But I always say to her, he loved you more than anything in the world, which he did. No. You know, she was his angel. And... um the sad, hardest thing for her, she can't really remember him that well because she's only five. Yeah, and that's I mean, the hardest. That's that's the hard hard part. But then you're a 
all of a sudden, I mean, you probably felt like you were a single mom already. Yeah. And also I had to get, I mean, I took, I obviously, I, I took a couple of days off. My understudy went on to deal with the things you have to deal with and, and make sure Carly was all right. And then I thought, well, hold on, I've got to go back to work. You know, I'm, I'm now the, bre- the number one breadwinner. <laughs> I've got a daughter, you know, and, and actually the show helped. Well, I call the show Now What? Because it's about moments like that one that totally uproot your life. And I'm always very curious um, if there was a particular one or a few in your life that that really stick out to you. Well, we've just we've just talked about one, yeah. And um, I made that decision. I think we all understand this, and any mother out there, in the end, it's your baby, and you mm. are the sole provider and loved one of that child, and she. You know, she became my world, and to look after that world, I mm-hmm. had to. But I, as I said, it helped me as well, of course, carrying on doing the show. Was your mom helpful with Carly? She was quite elderly when Carly came mm-hmm. along, and also she had depression issues. Um, she was fine for a lot of the time, but then I think nowadays she'd probably be diagnosed as bipolar, but they didn't do it then and she actually had shock treatment when she was in her 50s really mm. they gave her shock wow. treatment Francis farmer and your mother huh? and like Francis farmer they, they yeah exactly brilliant beautiful actress yeah. um yeah so your sister's probably that when you say she's like your older sister was like a mom yeah that's why because if you can imagine when I was five my elder sister was 20. So, wow. you know, she used to take me on holiday and, and you know, mum was, and I loved my, I was really close to my mum, but she was kind of fragile, if you know what I mean. So by the time Carly came along, she was older and she, you know, dealing with whatever was going on with right. her. Um, so, you know, she, I used to take Carly to see her when we were, when we were in England, because, you know, but then we were living half the time in America and, right. um, they had a nice relationship, but again, I, it wasn't like like the relationship I've got with Carly's too. Well, when you're so young, you don't. Did you really know what was what it was like growing up in that environment with a mom who who struggled? Or? Um, no, not really. Not until I was older, because my dad was amazing, right? And um, and as I say, it would for months and months and months and months, mum would be fine. And then, and then she she'd wasn't. have a dip, yeah, until she wasn't. And they didn't really know how to diagnose that then and how to look at They gave her pills, <laughs> the good old pills. Give her a pill. Oh, Give her shock gosh. treatment. But she lived till she was 91. And I'm sure even if she didn't quite know how to express it, that she was truly, truly proud of, of her little girl. Oh, yeah, and... she was. She was. And, and you know, she... Did your sisters have babies? Oh, yeah, they've got... They had... Well, Shirley had three, and Viv had two, and now they're oh. they, they're all having babies. So oh, wow. the extended family is endless, as it as, as it always is. <laughs> so funny. Um, so you're doing a documentary. How were you approached for the documentary? Well, funny enough, Sadie Frost, and very sweet that you agreed to be interview. Thank you. I was very Um, honored to have been asked to to appear in your documentary. Thank Thank you. you. Well, I was doing my podcast, which you very kindly did. 
Um, and I got a call through my producer saying the public relations people for this new documentary on Mary Quant, who was a vet famous British designer, directed by Sadie Frost, is coming out. This is about 18 months ago. And could Sadie come on my podcast to talk about? It? And I said, oh, great, because I kind of, I, I didn't know her ever so well, but I knew her. So she did my podcast and we were chatting and I said, are you going to do another documentary? And um, <laughs> and she said, oh, I should do you. And we laughed. <laughs> and then when we came off air, she said, what do you think? Would you let me do you? And I said, well, yeah, I suppose I can't really stop you. <laughs> so then we went out for lunch the next week and she said, I think it's quite a good idea. What do you think? And I, I said, well, you know, if you really want to, yeah, I mean, it's it's your baby, really. Oh, it's exciting. It's, so, it's, it is it's going to be very emotional when you watch and, it. And I'd rather it be done by somebody that I kind of know. Right. And and also she did a brilliant job on Quant. I don't know whether you watched it, but it, it's a really good documentary. I can't wait till the process, this part of the process you get to experience because it's just so good for all the right reasons. And it and it's not praising, it's nothing nothing about that. It's the depth of a life. And you can appreciate that. If you were to look when you look back on your many, many accomplishments in your life, what would you say your through line? Is. Oh gosh. Um I think what's important in in my life, I mean, because of what happened to me, and and again, a bit like what happened to you, was so extraordinary. And you couldn't have you couldn't have choreographed it if you if you tried <laughs> <laughs> or written it. People say, Oh, that's rubbish, that can't happen to somebody. So my through line really was always my family. It was always very important that I had a home life. Because I'd met many people in our business that had gone the other way and that the work was the most important and and they'd kind of lost the other and and they didn't seem very happy. <laughs> and my my personal life has always been incredibly important. I was very lucky to meet Lee, who mm. my my husband, we've been together now for thirty eight years this year. Well, and, congratulations. Um, thank you. <laughs> and um and that's always been my kind of rock. My home life being mum to Carly, now being a you know, grandparent. What's weird now cuz Joan is 7. Mm-hmm. And other little girls in her class whose mums have probably said something cuz she came right. home and said to me, "Are you famous?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh! And I thought, oh god, here we go. I knew it would happen one day because somebody was going to say something, right? And I said, well, you know, I've done a few things, but I'm still your Mimi, so don't worry about it. Exactly. (laughs) And I wouldn't have it any other way. But my rock, as I said, is my family. That was the one and only Twiggy. If you want to hear more from her, listen to her podcast, Tea with Twiggy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's it for us. Talk to you next week. Now What with Brooke Shields is a production of iHeartRadio. Our lead producer and wonderful showrunner is Julia Weaver. Additional research and editing by Darby Masters and Abu Zafar. 
Our executive producer is Christina Everett. The show is mixed by Bahid Frazier. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.